0: Dot com. This is the morning brief from the Economic Times, produced in collaboration with Avas.com. For many of us, the biggest thriller in recent weeks has not been playing out down under or in any OTT platform, but on Wall Street. The GameStop saga, according to a free spirited friend of mine, was nothing short of a revolution on Reddit. A movement spearheaded by amateur pirate investors who stuck it hard to hedge fund fat cats, pummeling their short positions in GameStop, a dusty mall electronics retailer, or AMC Entertainment, and even Silver, bringing some Wall Street institutions to their knees. Occupy Wall Street had a whole new dimension in 2021. Who can say breaking the cozy boys club between well-heeled suits and fund managers, brokers, and corporations is bad? If wealth is distributed to the arm janta by capitalist Robin Hoods, then shouldn't they be hailed? Sitting in Mumbai or in New Delhi or Bangalore, most of us were screaming, hell yeah, and wondering, Why can't we have our GameStop moment too? That's what we aim to find out in today's episode. From the Economic Times, this is Aarjit Barman, and you're listening to The Morning Brief. To answer this question and the secret sauce of short selling, I've invited two very special guests. Our very own Robin Hood, Nitin Kamath, founder and CEO of Zeroda, India's largest stockbroking firm the man who has unleashed a renaissance in trading for people like you and me. Joining him, my colleague, Pravin Palande, editor of Markets and Finance from ET Prime. Welcome to the show. Nitin, I want to start with you. You know, fundamentally for me, the biggest takeaway from what's been happening in the last few weeks on Wall Street is this is all about transparency. You know, digital brokers such as Robinhood or Zeroda, for that matter, have delivered unimaginable transparency in high finance, thereby making it accessible to first-timers. And this, in turn, means that investors can track market distortions. They have access to research, information, what to buy, sell, you know, which is great. What is your biggest takeaway from all that's been happening?
1: Yeah. Hi. Uh, Thanks Arjit for having me on this. No, I mean, the the biggest takeaway is that you can have a few million people work together as in, which is unimaginable uh, until very recently, right? As in you would have never thought that, you know, like, like a million, million and a half people can work together to purchase a stock. and, And this is not like a stock, which is not moving, right? I mean, there were people putting money on the table at, $300 Three hundred dollars a stock, as in a stock which is at ten dollars or fifteen dollars, it had gone all the way up to three hundred, four hundred dollars, and there were people actually, you know, who are part of these at ridiculous valuations for the business, right? Just to just to support a cause. I mean that uh, it is, yeah. I mean, I I didn't think I'd see something like this in my lifetime. <laughs> now that it's happened, it'll probably happen more frequently because uh, some people must have tasted blood, and some people uh, would have felt that they missed out on opportunity, right? So, so the next time, um, like there's another stock where if you have a lot of shorts stuck in a stock and, you know, they can, they can be massive short squeezes like what we are seeing in GameStop now.
0: Nitin, the worry, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's great, it's, it's very romantic, but the worry, and that's a real worry, is that people uh, are getting swayed a little too easily. They're still not fully versed with the plumbing of the capital markets, uh, you know things like mar- margin financing, etc. And we saw that. We saw that even on Wall Street, with you know what was happening to Robin Hood, uh, you know you 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 get swayed by some bit of it. You understand some parts of it, but then in the end, you lose money and you lose your shirt. So that's also a dangerous thing that people should be wary about, right?
1: Absolutely. I mean, while you know there is this whole heroic uh, tale of all retail taking on down a hedge fund is being made currently the stock is at $100 it it was at $400 at one point right so and if I had to take a bet uh, most retailers would have jumped in uh, when it was $300 and over so they are probably sitting on 50 60 70 percent haircut and and it usually ends like this right I mean one of the things that you know we always tell retail customers is that stay away as far away from speculation as possible I mean uh, usually there are some big sharks which are moving it. I mean, you, you can think, you know, it's, it's almost like, it seems like, you know, a bunch of small fishes can take on a big shark. It's, it's tough. The odds of that happening right. is tough. Like, and, and, and the U.S. especially is like the wild, yeah. wild west. I mean, all the rules are made for the rich folks, right? As in, uh, And uh, so if a rich folk, I mean, a super rich guy who managed money for a lot of rich guys is pushed the corner, like potentially what they got this time.
0: It's almost like the uh, mutual fund disclaimer, read the offer document closely before investing. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost like that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah.
1: Because I think, I think this time around it was, I mean, everyone got into this, you know, I want to give back to these hedge funds, you know, who don't add any value to the economy and take money off and et cetera. But I think in the process, a lot of people would have lost money. You know, I I mean, I hope, gamestop can bounce back from here True. but uh, you know usually in in things like this uh, as soon as the momentum drops it's very tough to get back the momentum right as in it's, it's almost like uh, a crowd right as in you know right. once the crowd disperses right. getting the crowd together is, is is very tough you know so so yeah so the stock has lost momentum uh, so right. it is very tough to see how that same momentum that we saw in that stock uh, a few days back can be built and and let on its own the stock is coming down uh, because it's just you know it's not a valuable company sure. I mean it went up for some you know technical reasons and not because sure. the company is the fundamentals are, you know to support the valuation
0: but praveen uh, what about us what about our game stock moment as well i mean is, you know is it possible or is the market just not deep enough the stock's just not liquid enough
2: uh I think uh, firstly, you know, it's all about a game of, uh, uh, even in the U S and even in the Indian markets, a game about, uh, regulation and capital. So, mm-hmm. so the regulation and capital are always on the side of, of institutions. Okay. So in, in India, the regulations are very strict for us to, you know, do this. And in most cases, it seems to have worked for us. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I think that is what it is like, you know. The markets are also equally regulated because when Benchmark decided to launch a short fund for the retail investors, where like, you know, anybody right. with 5,000 rupees can go and short the market, the regulators right. said, nay, nay, we want our people to only be long, short is dangerous. So I think the risk-taking ability and with all our regulators from our parents to grandparents to our CEOs everywhere, uh, the risk management system is... is so much in, a, in, in our genes, like, you know, it is like, uh, when we see a snake, we get scared because it's a very genetic program inside us. So I guess like, you know, our regulators will see to it. Ki, Bhai, tu ye nahi sakta
0: Correct. But Nitin, I mean, add, uh, your point of view, but I want to, I mean, I just want to also add, uh, you know, a corollary to this, that, uh, the, the FNO universe, I mean, for someone like me, who, uh, I, uh, I used to think was, it was, was created you know way back in 2001 and subsequently the whole stock lending and borrowing platform also got created some years later that was exactly to create a ecosystem where you can actually do uh, you know indulge right. in, in in such yeah. See, uh, the thing activity. is uh,
1: uh, think about the broking regulations say in in the in India versus the US right i mean in US uh, the hedge fund, the brokers, right. they're a really, really powerful lobby. I mean, we are talking maybe together, some of the biggest mm-hmm. billionaires in the U.S. Uh, run some, no, hedge funds. I mean, they're bankrolling most parties in the U.S. Right. Uh, some of these stock brokers are really banks in the U.S., right? I mean, right, right. from Schwab to Ameritrade and et cetera, right? So, uh, so they are really, really powerful lobbies, right? So if, like, like I would not be surprised that even after this incident, uh, the regulator in the U.S. does nothing, right? No rules change, right? But India, it's not been like that. And in India, yeah. we have never had a powerful. We had a powerful broking lobby back, you know, in the 80s. I mean, but once you know, you had the National Stock Exchange and you had electronic matching of orders. The lobby wasn't there. Right? So, so and and SEBI got powerful, right? As in, uh, from the time SEBI has been formed, every year, you know, yeah. year on year, they've gotten more powerful and. Every time there was an issue, they have come and fixed it. Like you know, So we had our own, like Carby was a big issue, right? As in two years back. And the number of rules and regulations that have changed in the last two years is just tremendous. As in, it's just, uh, you know, so I even go on to say that probably in terms of client safety, uh, you know, I think Indian stock markets are the safest for people around the world. I mean, of course, there are insider trading and promoter scamming. I mean, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the relationship between you know broker customer exchange depositories I and mean, just the way that whole thing is structured is is actually very beautiful as in uh, and i think the reason we've been able to set it up like that is because we don't have the legacy of of being a 300 or a 400 year old stock exchange right as in, so in in all sense for us we our exchanges are just you know right. from when nsc started which is 25 24 25 years so we were we were the fastest exchange to go electronic, you know, physical to electronic in terms of share certificates.
0: I understand that. But what about our GameStop moment? Is it, as Praveen mentioned earlier, our inherent risk-averse nature that is holding us back? See,
1: firstly, there aren't large communities of retail traders who, you know, there, there isn't, like there isn't a Reddit for India. As in, of course, there is a Reddit India subreddit group, but then it probably yeah. has a few thousand users on it. Right. And there isn't, Like, you know, there isn't stock twits. There isn't, there aren't these large groups where large community of traders interact with each other. Of course, there are, you know, people, I think, you know, Twitter is active, but then Twitter doesn't really have the potential to get groups together, you know, like the way it happened in Reddit, right? Because Twitter, there are a lot of conversations happening about random things. So there isn't like concentrated talk on stocks in which can get a lot of attention. So, uh, so firstly, I don't think, that whole suddenly retail somehow being able to move the markets uh, can really happen. Can a short squeeze happen? It can, I think, uh, like, you know, one of the big short squeezes I think was on Yes bank itself, uh, you know, last, last year, I think early last year, the stock had gone all the way to 14, 15 rupees, and then it bounced back to 55, 60 rupees in three or four days. Right. And that was because, uh, you know, it was again, one of those technical reasons, uh, And, uh, but, but then can it happen the way it happened in GameStop? It can't because regulators again have put in the right checks and balances. Uh, So for example, I think the big reason for this GameStop issue is, is the fact that there is, there was 150% short interest, uh, you know, compared to the free flow. That means there were more people short than the actual number of shares that are out there. I, I don't know how that, that can even happen. You know, how can, how can a regulator allow a structure like that? In India, we have a limit of twenty percent. So that means if a company has hundred shares, uh, which right. uh, out in the public, which is called the free float, only twenty shares worth of short can be taken, right? So even if there's a squeeze, it is a small portion of the total free float, right? As in, so it can't really you know get squeezed too much. Uh, but say if there are hundred shares and you know and we could be short two hundred shares, then that's a you know that's a recipe for disaster. You know it just uh, thankfully, as I said, you know, so we have those checks and balances that will ensure that, uh, you know, you don't have excessive speculative positions in a certain stock. And also in, in all of this GameStop thing, right, I think what people don't realize is while there's a lot of noise about people on normal people on Reddit being participating, it's actually hedge fund versus hedge fund, right? Uh, there's a lot of that happening as well. You know, this is all getting... Uh, You know, painted as if Mm. one side is only retail traders. It's not. It's it's actually one side is retail traders plus a lot of hedge funds who spot this opportunity, who spotted this technical opportunity to make a quick buck.
0: But Nitin, uh, I just want you to take a pause here and for our wider, um, you know, listeners, if you if you could just do a very short tutorial for the uninitiated as to what basically is short selling all about and how does the slb platform work which i mean, or, or stock lending and borrowing platform work you know what i mean the modus operandi that will be very very helpful
1: so you can so you have a stock say uh, a company x now you can you typically in india the way most people work is we think the way to make money out of this company x if it's listed on the exchanges buy the stock at say 100 rupees and stock goes from 100 rupees to 150 rupees and i sell it 150 and make this 50 rupees profit right? But what if, you know, you saw a stock at 100, and you you know that the stock the company is not doing well, but it, it'll go down to 50 rupees. Can you make money on that idea is the question, right? Now, unfortunately, if you if your if your idea of is only of buying stocks, you can't make money using this uh, you know trade idea, right? So uh, to be able to make money on this idea, which is you think the stock is going to go from 100 to 50, you should do what is called a shorting, which is uh, you go find a borrower. I mean, you go find a guy who's holding these hundred shares of stock, and who says who intends to hold it for long term, right? As in, he is not really trying to predict short term moves in the stock. He he is intending to hold it for long term. So you go to him and you say, boss, I'll I'll I, I want to borrow whatever shares you have this company X. I will pay you this much interest for borrowing it. Right? so so the way you lend money to someone at a at an interest you can also lend stocks at a certain interest so the guy who holds the stock instead of lending me money has lent me stock right, right? and stock. I, I take it I pay a certain interest to him uh, and then I sell it in the market right so assuming I, I, say you hold that stock you know and we did this deal at 100 so I borrowed it at 100 I sold it at the market uh, and then the stock fell down right say so assume the stock went down to 50 rupees Right, so after three months, when the stock is at fifty rupees, I buy it back in the market at fifty rupees and return the stock back to you. Right, so uh, so in this whole process, I made fifty rupees profit because uh, right, uh, you know, I sold it at hundred rupees, I bought it down back at fifty rupees. Right, so this is shorting. Now the there is a risk here, right, which is what if the guy who borrowed stock didn't return the stock, right? So there is a mechanism right. put in place, which is called as a stock lending and borrowing mechanism, uh, which right. collects money from the guy who's borrowing. Right. So if, for example, uh, uh, if I'm like, you know, like a collateral, right, as in uh, a certain uh, yes. percentage of the borrowed stock is collected as collateral. So uh, and then there is a mechanism put in place which ensures you know, it safeguards both the borrower and the lender. Right, so uh, uh, this is stock lending and borrowing, but like I said earlier, right, as in uh, in India, stock lending and borrowing is a very new concept. Uh, because in India, futures and options was introduced in 2000, 2001, and futures and options Correct. is a preferred route for shorting versus stock lending and borrowing.
0: And as you said, that in India, there are excessive checks and balances, so I guess, I mean, uh, the reason why, uh, you know, platforms such as slb is not popular or not taking off is a the regulator is in a way happy that it doesn't take off and uh, you know if if you have to pay uh, the guy who's borrowing the stock if he has to pay 125% of the stock price that's a huge deterrent from the very beginning itself right, right?
1: but the thing is you know the guy when he borrows right with this uh, uh, 125% if he sells the stock he receives 100 rupees back so technically it's only 25% rupee blocked the sense okay. like you know, so if say I'm buying 100 shares of 100 rupees from you, right? So it's 10,000 rupees. So what exchanges do is they collect 12,500 from me, right? But which is 25% more than 10,000 rupees. But as soon as I borrow the stock, if I sell it in the market, my account gets you know credited with 10,000 rupees. So technically, right. the money blocked is 25,000, 25%, which is 2,500 rupees in this case. Right. So, which is not really the big deterrent. I think the big deterrent uh, here is, uh, is around taxation, right. As in uh, one is for the lender. If you, he earns a lending, you know, he earns any income by lending the stock. He has to declare it as uh, income from other sources. Right. So which means I see. he has to, his taxation kind of goes off whack. Now, wow. the other thing is if the borrower d- defaults, uh you know exchange is settled by buying back stock and giving it to the lender now when that happens it's considered as a capital gain
0: correct but Praveen, etfs they were also supposed to be the answer right that that's one way to play the market as well and uh, take contrarian positions why hasn't etfs also taken off the way we thought they would
2: if you really look at uh, the sbi nifty etf it has done run- Fairly well. I think it has got uh, a very good corpus. It is available at, I think, 7 paisa. I think probably one of the cheapest ETF in the world. So I think uh, we have a long way to go. I agree. But per se, we are getting there. In India, we can see that uh, ETFs are successful. If you remember, uh, in 2007, the biggest fund in the Indian market was the Nifty Banking B's at 5,000 crore uh in 2007 i'm talking before the financial crisis happened so it was an etf the etf was the biggest fund at that point in time i don't think 5000 crore fund was there in the indian market in 2007 benchmark nifty b was the largest fund there. you can check uh, the data so what we need to understand was in a way it was not a retail product uh, because uh, uh, a lot of foreign in, uh, institutional uh, investors were also buying into the ETF. So what I feel now that anything that is started for the retail, eventually the institutions kind of figure out that this is a product that I can use. So even in the case of ETF, it was started by an individual across the world. It was started by an individual and then the big institutions kind of take it over. Okay. So the product technically is meant for the retail, but it's owned by big institutions. So in the case of benchmark, it was owned by a, by a bunch of investors like Sanjeev Shah. And there was this guy called Dave, and and they owned it. But eventually Goldman Sachs purchased it. Right. So anything that is interesting, it starts with the retail in mind, eventually gets owned by institutions. So now here with ETFs, now the owners are an institution and ideally you have a lot of retail investors out there. Great. But in many cases, what we see is that a lot of mutual funds also like in some cases, huh? they say, am I not better off parking my money in an ETF because I'm as it is not beating the index most? or some hedge fund would say that. So a bulk of the customers of an ETF are also like technically speaking, EPF is also an institution in a way. So what I feel is that uh, whatever eventually starts for the retail eventually because of the regulation because of whatever, the institutions are very smart to pick it up on their own side. And Nitin, you had touched upon it previously, but in India, we also see
0: a different kind of collusion of promoters, brokers. Sebi came after one of the large promoters for alleged insider trading. So, that is another kind of collusion that's pretty rampant, right? Where, because there is less liquidity in the stocks, the depth is also not there. Often, the promoters themselves uh, become active participants in this collusion.
1: The thing is, that happens wherever there is money, there is always greed. You know that kind of goes hand in hand. So I don't think it's just India related. I think it's, it happens wherever there's money, right? As in, um, but, the, but the thing is, you know, the good thing about shorting is that, right? Is that uh, when you have, I mean, maybe the only good thing is that it, it helps in better price discovery, right? Because if there are people who are actively tracking stocks to find weaknesses in companies, right. And take positions against those stocks, it'll ensure lesser kind of manipulation in those stocks uh, than companies where you don't have any people who's looking at weakness, right? I mean, every, if everyone's, all of us are trying to just find good things about companies out there, right? And, uh, and the, you know, and ignore all those companies where we see any weak points, right? Then it isn't, you know, leading to great price discovery.
0: It's very easy to get swayed and seduced by the romance of bringing down the establishment. But as Nitin correctly pointed out, one must fully understand the risks involved, else you can lose your shirt before you can scream short squeeze. In India, the regulatory ecosystem has tread more towards caution, putting significant checks and balances to curb volatility and speculation. But the big picture, finance is finally getting democratized and transparent thanks to technology and internet. And that is a welcome change. We certainly need the right kind of activism. Remember, in this fairy tale, it's not that short sellers are always the underdogs or that they always win. For every GameStop, there is, of course, a Tesla. Remember, the boom sows the seeds of its own bust, to quote Jesse Felder of the Felder Report. Thank you, Nitin and Praveen, for this engaging conversation. We would love to go on, but we've already gone way past our timeline. Thank you very, very, very much for joining in and explaining to all our listeners. I'm Arjit Parman, and you've been listening to The Morning Brief. This episode was edited by Devina Sengupta and Bhavya Dilip Kumar, who also coordinated the show. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. We look forward to your feedback. Write to us at the morningbrief at timesgroup.com. And if you like this episode, please share on your social media handle. We'll really appreciate that. The morning brief drops every Tuesday, Thursdays, and Friday. Thank you for listening in and have a nice weekend. Goodbye and good luck.
2: dot com.